is Lara Bianca Pilcher with the VDF podcast brought to you by Dance Informer and Energetics. And I have the absolute honor today to speak to Andrew Pilcher, who Hello. is, yes, a formidable specialist physiotherapist who works with artists and dancers and musical theater and singers. And you specialize with them all, don't you? Yes. yes. Fantastic. And you have an incredibly impressive global CD of work with elite artists from all genres. Oh, don't. Oh, don't. Yes. Oh, but I, but I will. <laughs> His clients have included actors from the cast of Harry Potter, if you don't mind, Sherlock Holmes, Downton Abbey. Oh, I love a bit of Downton Abbey. And bands such as Coldplay. Oh, my gosh, you've treated them. That's incredible. And he's um, also taught in leading tra- training institutes in London like LSMT, Guildhall, which is very incredible, and here in Melbourne at VCA in dance anatomy. Mm, okay, right. let's be real. How did the dancers go with your crazy words and dance anatomy? <laughs> and I mean, that's next level stuff. <laughs> I was impressed. <laughs> they, they did well. No, that's what we always should say. <laughs> You've talked to cast from everything from like tiered uh, rake stages, which still exist in London, you know, mm. the stages that are on an angle Very to. Useful. Yeah, to, like how does a costume affect a musical theatre dancer and all mm-hmm. kinds of interesting Wigs. things. Wigs. Actually, let's chat about that for a minute. Mm. Um, I'll continue with that incredible lineup of what you've done. But um, performers having to wear strange costumes on stage mm. that affect their body, that's something we don't often chat about. Mm. So what sorts of things have you come across and have been asked to come in and talk I know that I remember you saying to me once that the Lion King, you saw the hyenas a lot. Why did you see the hyenas a lot in Lion King? <laughs> well, they're down on their all fours in ah, London. That was, right, yeah. So it's a metal stage. So mm-hmm. it, it revolves and tilts and they've got a sub-stage operator. So, but it's metal and they're Dafrican, dancing African choreography on a metal stage. So, you oh. know, their feet are like, ooh. Um, but, yeah, so they're down all fours. They've got, you know, a lot of specific choreography there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, there's a specific, you know, loading there. So um, it's probably not as taxing as the Cats, an ensemble Cats member. Oh. <laughs> you know, Cats, the musical is very yes. physical and Cats performer knows all cats. It's scrolling, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it's got a specific, unique mm. thing that uh, they get loads, shoulder blades, you know, your mid-back, your, you know, many things were typical, but, um, but yeah. of, of, of issues that, that built yeah. up with that. Mm. And certain um, company managers or, or production shows brought you in to talk about um, how to work on it a rake stage, which mm. for those who maybe have never seen one, is the old school stages, which still exist in London, mm. and maybe some other theatres for those listening you've come across where it's actually on a slight angle, mm. which is terrifying for a dancer. It's like, mm. why is the stage? And they used to be designed that way so you could see the back better. Yes. And, of course, theatres and the designs have changed. But for those people working on, why did they bring you in to chat about how dancers must work on a stage like that? Yeah, well, it was yeah for all sorts of productions. So when it was straight acting, or, or dancers and those um, performers, um, but because the rake in the stage tilts forwards, obviously, and downwards, some stages were so tilted, if I put a ball on the ground, it would just, just roll off. Besides Shrek in London, and that ran on West End for a good good while, um, and you just sit next to this the rake that was built, so they built it in, um, and it was, it was big. So you look at it going... <laughs> 
Um, you know, and so the, it would tilt the body forward a mm, bit. Right. And so it's a range of issues and quite individual what would happen with it, but generally the pelvis, your hips and that, that region of your body would tend to um, be thrust forward with gravity a little bit. Mm. And so then your muscles have to compensate around that. And there's yeah, a, right. a sense that you're, you're always going forward, but then if you're travelling stage right to stage left, um, you know, your feet are on a little bit of an angle. Yeah. And so one foot's an inversion. So you're loading different muscles. And yeah, yeah. That's yeah. nuts. I mean, gosh, it's so good they Balance, brought you in. It's all sorts yes. of different things. But lots of muscle imbalances mm. that would build up of tight hip flexors and many other things. <laughs> Do you know what it's, I'm thinking about? Like all these poor dancers right now, because we're talking during the the isolation period, um, but all these dancers that are maybe on different floors in different environments at home that potentially are maybe going through some of these things because the floor's different or, and it causes a different loading in the muscles. Um, what, what is your advice for maybe things that are coming up with dancers that are doing their Zoom classes at home that maybe yeah. they haven't had that issue before? Mm. Mm. Yeah, well, it's just a brainstorm and to think laturally. So some are in high heels and they're on carpet, but they're used to a sprung, tight mm. floor or something. Yeah, yeah. And they've got their, you know hip hop in heels thing going on or whatever mm. um, and they're literally just frictioning so differently or they're you know rolling ankles or whatever they're mm. doing and that's quite a big thing but literally there's a, such a different loading and gripping and your feet will do different things your intrinsic mm. foot muscles will do different things um, you can probably use different muscles around your hips your deep glutes and all your turnout muscles just because yeah your flooring's a bit differently mm. different and that sort of thing and you can acclimatize and find a way to activate muscles better and, and, and get a better place in your body, but mm. it presents differences. The yeah. biggest thing is usually we're dancing on some sprung flooring and we're on maybe carpet, but that underneath that is mm. usually concrete. So yeah, it's, it's quite it's different. pretty different. And so if you're there, mm. it's not as much jumping probably at home, but yeah. in the end it's harder and it's a valid point. So yeah. it's a different muscularity. I like that. Um, speaking of heels, um, you were saying that obviously, yes, we're not all dancing in heels at home, but you've got some, you know, maybe <laughs> ballet dancers doing their point work in their kitchen and that's yeah. obviously going to feel different yes. um, through the body. But you've worked on shows like Kinky Boots where the heels that people have to wear are so high mm. and not only that, but guys are wearing them. Yeah. So yeah. having worked on shows like that and worked with dancers that are in heels, what what have you come across? What does it do to the body to be in a heel? And how do you, how do you not do your back in or your whatever else? Mm. You know, tell mm. me about that. There's a different um, loading. Um, the big thing is that the guys would be in these heels, and they are good dancers. Many have great facilities. They the can kick. They can I remember. Kick. <laughs> great <laughs> facilities. You so just think, wow, like yeah, oh, yeah. there's so much you know good they can do with their body. But they're in the heels, and you look at you know, uh, females in that sort of uh, musical theatre build-up in their life and they get up towards an ensemble role there mm. and all the guys are in the heels. There's, you know, hardly any of these girls in these high heels. Um, but the girls have trained their bodies in that so that they've kind of right, always danced. Of course, and they're really yeah. young, they've maybe done some ballet and they've been mm. up on point in those different shoes. But they've learned to dance in high heels and dance in character shoes because the girls do, the guys don't. Um, and so it's different. So the big thing is that it's the change from normal dancing, guys in barefoot or dance shoes or whatever, to then, bump up in kinky boots heels with a little prep maybe and then, boom, you know, eight, ten-hour days oh at gosh. least. Um, yeah. Six-day weeks, whatever. Um, and it's just a big workload change. That's what it is, isn't it, most of the time yeah. as to why you end up seeing 
you know, a whole bunch of cast people is it's basically the loading changes and it yeah. changes suddenly, um, mm-hmm. probably similar mm-hmm. to for a lot of dancers that are at home right now and that, you know, maybe some are like, oh, my gosh, I can do class with anyone, anywhere all over the world, yeah. and suddenly the loading goes up. I want to do everything where maybe before yeah. they were doing a couple a week. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, then, and then you start to see new things happen in the yeah. body. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so do you have advice for what is – is there a correct way to increase your loading? <laughs> mm-hmm. I think the main thing is gradual. Um, gradual changes. Oh, gradual. It's so boring. Yeah, small steps. <laughs> we just want to be there like right? yesterday. Yesterday, exactly. We think, oh, so much has changed, but you look back, it's been a week. Like, All right. You know, yeah. like, come on. Like, mm. you know, and, and sort of just see, okay, I want to do – this with my next month ahead of me um and think okay well this week i'll achieve these few more changes and then the next Mm. week you know more um but i see two sides of the of the coin many Mm. who are doing so many classes and it's different online and it's different at home yeah true doing a few classes a week um and then maybe i have had definitely seen some people recently who have been smashing it and going crazy yeah. um, and so, so you know so just like look at the week and look at the opportunities in front of you and these sort of things um, but um, use the time to, to really use different modalities use some you know get some Pilates in your life uh, yoga you do some different um, training uh, um, mm-hmm. genres um, and just let that affect you know mm. your body in this time yeah. and sort of brainstorm so it's probably good to chat to someone when we can talk about different ideas of how to get the changes you want but you know try maybe list it down like mm. get your headspace in rather than thinking oh i want to do this i want to do that you can feel like a sort of like <laughs> what would be know, a better kind of workout thing. plan if i was you yeah, know, I training think, myself more holistically. I think it's quite individual. Obviously, yeah. everyone's got different goals. And just set your goals. Mm. So if your goal is, to, okay, I, I, know I want to improve my tapping. I want to improve my um, uh, turns or I want to sort of improve a certain aspect of my dance life and my physicality. Um, mm. Is then, okay, take that apart um, and sort of think, okay, well, I need some core strength with that. I need to improve mm. that. So how am I achieving that in my week? You know, yeah. and just sort of break that apart and say, okay, how can I achieve that in different classes, different mm. ways? And am I doing that? Am I putting it in my mm. diary? You know, that's a useful thing, you know? Yeah. With the many, many dancers that you've worked with, and I mean, it's literally hundreds and hundreds. Is that a common approach that you see like a, a dancer that thinks like that? Like, how can I plan a better approach to looking after my body? Or is it more, I enjoy this. I'm going to do, this style and I yeah, love that more, stuff. Probably more enjoy it than do this. Yeah. <laughs> I ask because this I think is, yeah, this is awesome. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It feels good. I'm gonna do heels because it feels like sexy. I'm achieving yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, yeah. So, but, but mm. you know, sometimes you got you then you know do awesome class like that and you know, experience this great you know euphoria and all that sort of thing there and it is truly a good addition. But but it mm. is good to reflect. You know, get some time aside. Yeah, and see yourself as a dedicated mm. athlete dedicated performer athlete yeah. where you sort of think okay like let's be wise about this what mm. have we got coming up and what could be coming up um, yeah. and what do I want to improve in this 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 season which none of us performers know how long this will be yeah you know? that's right um, but that's more that conspiracy to think oh gosh you know it's yeah it's uncertain uh, but then again wow we've got all this time mm. to really um, hone our gift yeah. hone the things that we want to get better at Mm. Um, and there's open time. So we really need goals. We need something to mm. achieve. We need to mm. be good at that. That's a yeah. skill. And that makes our headspace better, anxiety better, all sorts mm. of different things. So true. And I think 
that the way that dance is taught um, and the way dancers approach it will be different going forward from here. I think a lot of dancers will be sticking to their Zoom classes mainly because it's so much easier a lot of the time to not have to travel into places. And obviously you've got dancers in remote places Mm. or you've Mm. got dancers Mm. now being able to take class from Melbourne, Victoria with Broadway Dance Centre in New York. It's like it's nuts. It's completely Mm. changed the face Mm. of the dance industry and the way Mm. that we do things. So I think it's good to hear this because the listeners will need to be careful as they're approaching all these new styles. And um, what is dance generally in a class? Um, what is it? Is it? It's probably a bad thing to say because forgive my amateur speaking, but in terms of the body, but is it major muscle groups we're working more rather than, you know, the minor ones? And is that why we hit injury? What What is it? Or is that why we need to do things like Pilates and to get those smaller muscles that maybe are missed through a grand batman or a grand plie or tell me about that for a second. Totally. So like the ballet dancers and those with that, you know, background would totally agree with me and be screaming inside of their (laughs) hearts right now and be like, it's everything and it's all together. And yeah, so, you know, good dance technique. Um, Definitely ballet hones this wonderfully is that that it works from the inside out or the small muscles uh, are engaged and activated well. Um, and into the bigger, you know, movements. Mm. And it makes it easier for those bigger movements because we're set up well. Or we hold yeah. our pelvis in a better way, then we can make it more efficient to do those kicks and mm. to set ourselves up for those high reaches and all the things that we're doing there. Yeah. Um, and so, yes, there's a collaboration between. Uh, but everyone, everyone's bodies, it's an individual difference about, you know, how much we're doing that. And then in the mm. different formats. So some people, they, they can do this beautiful thing standing up and they can plie well and do all these things. And then they start to lean forward in some different movements or run Mm. for instance or like you know go upstairs it's an everyday thing yes and muscle groups are doing weird things yeah and so you know i know uh, that that a standard progression of exercises Mm. from sue mays the love beloved sue mays is physio for australian ballet um and she she would do you know progress uh some loading towards step ups and then maybe Mm. stair running and then in turnout um, and it's a great idea because it's like it's a different movement to what I do on the dance mm. floor, um, but it really trains what I'm doing there. Um, so, yes, it, it is a collaboration mm. of deeper, inner and core stabilising type muscles mm. and we say global muscles or muscles mm. that, that cross a lot, a lot of joints maybe and yeah. are power muscles that are really provide the force for a certain movement yeah. um, in the body. We need that um, symbiosis, that, that thing where they yeah. all you know, work, work off together. each other, work together. It's funny because you've worked with me a lot um, and I um, hit a problem that I couldn't fix where I've danced my whole life, I've worked professionally, I was doing ballet thinking this is the best thing for me to continue my ballet bar, continue to stay strong. Um, and then all of a sudden, I mean, everything felt strong, but all of a sudden I could no longer develop a Devon mainly. It's like something just started locking. Um, and for those listening, you know, you have these things where you think, what is that? I didn't, as far as I know, injure myself. But what was really fascinating about you working that through with me is that um, – you know, we instantly go, oh, I must have a tight hamstring. My leg's not going up anymore. What's going on? Stretch the hamstring. But something else more minor um, in terms of something smaller within my hip was going on. Um, and I, for the life of me, couldn't work it out. So, so often um, a dancer can come to you and think, oh, my leg's not going anymore. Or, I've got I've got an injury. And they come in and say, I've yeah. pulled a hamstring yeah. or whatever. How yeah. often do dancers come in and they it's actually something completely different? <laughs> Pretty much every time. 
Well, look, I think this is the age of, you know, Google, Dr. Google is helping a lot of people. But is Google accurate? <laughs> well, no, but it's pretty much the person's um, use of Google. But it's very useful. So mm-hmm. I think it's empowering to have Google and yeah. have us, us to self-research. Um, and it's changed the game a little bit in, the, mm. in that we've become a bit more specialist to use our assessment really wisely and uniquely, not to be like, oh, well, I've got to educate you about everything mm. because mm. people are actually more educated now, which is great. Um, but, you know, uniquely we've got to use our assessment well and to sort of mm. say, mm, this is a hip thing or this is a, you know, this is a, this is an idea of a joint mm. type issue that yeah. is something about your general flexibility or like mm. an issue with the pelvis or something else that's going on that's, that's um, there's more going on. And mm. one thing knocks onto the other. Mm. And dance's body's often being hypermobile. It's yes, an area I love yeah. so much. And I don't think um, clinical physio um, broadly mm. is is dealing with hypermobility awesomely mm. <laughs> yet. Yet. Um, yet. But, but I really do am yeah. passionate about um, mm. the profession uh, stepping up with that and just getting more knowledgeable and knowing how to deal with that better. Um, but an awesome, awesome point is that uh, with hypermobility there's there's often so many little things that knock on mm. and um, it's to appreciate uh, what's imbalanced what's going on what's the problem area and to sort the proper real, real problem out mm. rather than like oh those hammies are always tight or those yeah you know these i'm always finding this tightness in this area and i'll manage it but mm. where's the source where's the source yeah um it's such a funny time too for you as a performance physio because not only have we had the, sh- the arts industry shut down um, which, gosh, it's, it's been so hard for so many people. But also um, your job is incredibly physical and in that you're literally laying hands or elbows or whatever. <laughs> you're the smiling assassin, I've been told, and the cheeky elbow. Yes. Um, so if you can't use that cheeky elbow on somebody to help them get well, um, what have you? how have you been handling that personally? How can you still help dancers, even though you are open and you are treating because it's an essential service? But mm. what else have you been doing to help dancers that maybe don't want to come in? Yeah, um, so we are offering telehealth. Um, we're seeing definitely a whole lot of people in that um, space, and it's really great to have a video session where we can get the person to kind of you know push on what's sore or yeah. um, kind of help us assess them and yeah. they assess themselves, and we can get them to brainstorm how do I spiky ball and how do I do things to release tight areas mm, and to mm. start to help it yeah and it's different to a one-on-one session of course but yeah. these are these are interesting times yeah um, and it is something for those who can't mm. get out and sort of come and do that and so yes we've been open um uh, and it's listed as an essential service it definitely it's come down to very more mm. essential and necessary issues we're dealing yeah. with with people um, uh, but we're doing Zoom classes, which is exciting. So yeah. check out our website. We've got a range of classes. I haven't actually told the listeners where you work, have I? I better fill you in for those listening. So you moved from London yes. um, a few years ago um, to take up a position at Performance Medicine yes. in Melbourne. Awesome place. Fantastic that, you know, they specialise in the arts industry yes. in Australia, really, really leading the way in many, many Absolutely things. Um, yes. Yes. So you're saying you're doing Zoom classes through them to help... Yeah. Probably, the, as I was saying, the more Pilates and like, what else are they doing? There's a range of classes. Range of functional things. training, yes. which is like, you know, borders on some high-intensity type sort of work to just functionally mm-hmm. using muscle groups, so more power um, type classes. Pilates, yes. Um, there's some yoga, some yin yoga. There's um, body conditioning, we call it, or ballet conditioning and dance conditioning classes. Um, boys can dance too, and that's awesome too. So there's a range of classes. 
to do so good um and you've you do a lot with musical theater so you work with the voice and dancers that um sing and that's a real area of speciality i know for you that you um worked in over 30 probably way more than that west end musicals Mm. um treating performers and um you've taught in nashville in music Mm -hmm. row at singing success one of the world's leading vocal studios um tell me about um dance and the voice and singers you know dancers that sing that are in musical theater does that affect their breathing when they're you know trying to sing and they're moving and all of Mm -hmm. that um is it all connected is everything connected yes basically (laughs) we can think of oh you know singing is one thing dance Mm. is one thing okay now you know sometimes i put them Mm. together (laughs) yeah (laughs) um of course it's all um very interconnected um, and anyone who's sung a little while, you know, quite quickly you can start to run into problems knowing that, oh, I'm not connecting well or how do I create that sound? It's not happening for me. What's going on? And then the way mm. to achieve it is that, oh, I'll breathe differently or I'll mm. like, place my head differently or I'll just think of something differently in my head. So, um, so yes, it's so interconnected. Um, and uh, that can be, you know, chucked off as kind of like, well, everything's connected to everything. And it's all, mm. you know, but no, there's an absolute science about it. And there's passionate uh, therapists like us um, and uh, passionate voice coaches who really are leading the way to find those connections, mm. um, to find how is breathing connected to the voice or good good breathing, bad breathing? Um, how is neck positioning affecting things? Mm. Um, what can we do to achieve the tone quality I need vocally and that sort of thing? While dancing. While dancing. <laughs> and so it does change things. So the physicality yeah, yeah. in dance um, yeah. and, and often with, with singing, we need to have a degree of um, a looser abdominal wall mm. generally or just that it's freer. Because yeah. uh, usually a tense abdominal wall will create more air pressure. Um, mm. So pressure against the diaphragm and it's air pressure throughout Gosh, the lungs. Yeah. And so the subglottic or neck throat type pressure mm. around the larynx, which we need to be nice and loose, raises and, yeah. and, and fights that. So there's, there can be, there's a way to negotiate mm. when we're singing and dancing, yeah. singing in the rain and running around the stage and doing crazy things yeah. while you're singing a phrase. Yeah. Um, and that will be a negotiation compared to the ballad where you can stop and sing and so go true. through your phrases. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, the, and, and mm. the great technician um, can find their way to manage their body mm. and to know that, okay, a show or a whole lot of dancing where I have felt my neck's quite tight or my body's quite tight, I yeah. can't breathe or I'm not free through my mid thoracic mm. type area. Um, okay, I need a day where I can just focus yeah, on that. Yeah, that's right. Vocal rest maybe and I just sort of really release yeah. those areas. I know that feeling mm. in my body. So you get used to body mapping to mm. know what's my area now. Yeah, and of course they can work with someone like you if they're not quite able to map um some people obviously are going to be more aware uh, more aware than others which is great um and you've also worked a lot um with television shows so i think strictly come dancing is what they call it in the uk Mm -hmm. and dancing with the stars Mm -hmm. here and different performers um you know different styles of dance so ballroom and is that quite different other than Mm -hmm. the fact that they're in very heels yes would you say the injuries though are the same that uh, across the board or no there, there are definitely unique injuries and typical injuries to the different uh, to different genres mm. um but obviously then individual differences mm. um but yeah so um in uh, dancing shows like such um the issue 
often is that you know there's a pairing in these these oh, shows that are on TV of professional dancer to oh my you know, gosh of and, course yeah yeah and then within the professional dancer populations in in many seasons yes. in London um, and now it's just started again here which is so exciting mm. and onward with Dancing with the Stars here in Australia so good yeah um, but but yeah there would be dancers there who just threw in any sense of warm up or looking after their bodies. So often for ballroom dance, the culture was it has often been um, that they would just rock up, you know, mm. do their quick number and they're done. Oh, and they're dancing all day, but they're kind of just... In, in terms of things. the filming of the show, you mean the... Um, often the ballroom scene is like that, competitions yeah. and such. And yeah. so the warm-up to the body, the care of the body, for some people just, you know, professionals and have got a long career. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they haven't done it. Mm. Um, but, yes, there's typical things. And so quite often there's a tightness around the hips, the hip flexor area for mm. um, the ballroom area because, um, uh, well, just with the physicality of it, mm. um, and it's often a place of build-up and that sort of thing. Um, and uh, the swivel, the beveling, the sort of um, toe and foot type sort of uh, injuries and loading, it's really seen as like that's secondary. I've got to get this shape or this mm. thing out and I've got to get this trick out and all that sort of thing. Um, and just for the professionals, they've been working a long time. They've got a sense of how their body works, but little things build up. Yeah, um, and So, so they build, build up things, but there's the drastic differences to um, the physicality in a contemporary dancer mm. or the physicality in, in ballet uh, where it is different movement really you know for a lot of yeah. guys in dances they're standing and leaning a lot and things like that and mm. legs will fly around here and there but it is very stand upright and, and, mm. and that sort of thing so it's um it's quite specific yeah I just love I mean how holistic you are and how many different genres you've worked with including the voice so and how it's all related it's it's really quite fascinating and what is so cool is it's your your first time with VDF this October yes, which so is cool. amazing um and what are you looking forward to bringing to VDF well I'm so excited to be involved um and I'm really looking forward to bringing uh, something that that gives some practical help so it's for the teacher's day and some practical help to say, how do I best achieve looser legs? How do I best achieve better rise, better mm. form, uh, less injuries possibly? Um, and, and how do I better best achieve those aspects? Mm. And so I was really excited to have that sort of token on it because I did co-write this article with the lovely Sue Mays. Um, mm. Just pointing out there, there's some, maybe some different ways to achieve flexibility mm. um and uh, it was spinning off that um that we're going to cover the topics that i want to cover so i want to look at practical things where it is like okay what are the main issues that do cause issues around our feet and, and that sort of thing and what is a good rise yeah and so sometimes that's not really you know done and we flip past and we're slightly sickling and we're doing certain things and or not engaging as you've told me that's when right. you've seen like your calves yeah. are not actually switching exactly. on which is mortifying to hear <laughs> silent and doing nothing like and what <laughs> saying, so i need to teach you how to learn you to use your calf again my and gosh like, where did it go why did it switch off like, like, I'm, like, yeah. I'm dancing in ballet and i'm like and don't mm. you dare tell a dancer that they're weak but that you do you do that all the time <laughs> totally. so but definitely there's a big point that mm. amongst you know the uh, you know i think the dance culture has been very much about over stretching stretching a lot stretching sitting in stretches mm. getting very used to yeah. sitting in stretches because i'll be more flexible and it looks um, good and it looks <laughs> good and impressive and all that sort of, thing, yeah, of course um but um with the sense of what am i doing pre-class mm. and if class is my main conditioning in my week and there's a lot of it 
um, that's only one form of conditioning you know, mm. for those in young and in a ballet progression. So to, to bring some balance within that and just the sense of what other training can we do well. Yeah. I really want to map out for dance teachers and things um, a, a sense of what is conditioning, what could be a good conditioning format. Um, and you're going to have your own ideas and, and things to flow off with it. But just to be a sounding board with that mm. um, and to say, okay, what is the most important sort of things and what are good ideas and bad ideas um, or what things that might not work. Mm. Um, we'll definitely look at uh, really strengthening key areas. So we're going to look at some really hot spots of um, areas in the body of um, key strengthening. We talked about getting stronger, but what does that mean and what areas do we want to get stronger in? Um, to achieve certain results and just, you know, some flexibility things and workshopping how to get more flexible. Mm, don't we all want that? And well, maybe not everybody. <laughs> the answer I give might be a bit different, do you think? Yeah, but, um, no, it will be. Really interesting. And it, I'm looking forward to the ideas because there's mm. some ex- very experienced dance teachers out there yeah. and have been around in a great community in Australia. Yes. So I look forward to just being part of that and just to bring yeah. something and to learn a lot. Yeah.